Yeah, give God a hand for what he did last year. Last year really was a year of greater things. And if you remember what Ephesians 3, verse 20 says, Paul writing there, he says that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond all you can ask or think. And remember the last part of this verse, according to the power that works in you. And it's God's power in us that when we come together, we unify and say, God, let's do something. Amazing things can happen. And last year was an amazing year. Some of the things that God was able to do. If you were here last year, in the beginning of the year, we fasted and we prayed and we said, Lord, let's consecrate ourselves before you and we're believing for greater things this year. And it truly was a year, some great things that took place. One of the things we prayed for was to add another service. And of course there is, right after this, 1230, another service. And obviously we wouldn't be able to put another service. We, we Obviously we needed that other service and God brought that to pass. We were praying for facilities for our youth and children's church. And by the end of this month, we're gonna be able to make that announcement. And God has provided. It took a little longer than what we thought, but I mean, know oh, God's timing is better than our timing. And uh, he's, he's got a place for us and we're looking forward to making that announcement. The deal hasn't been inked yet, so I can't tell you about it quite yet, but it's, it's looking really good, and we'll be able to announce that. He's heard our prayers. We, we prayed and believed that there would be over 100 people baptized, and there was over 100 people baptized last year. Folks, that's huge for, for us, at least. I don't know what it would be for some other church, but for us, that was a milestone to see over 100 people get into the water and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. I am going public with what God's done in my life. And so that happened last year. We could go on and on to some of the things that he did last year as we, as we sought him. This year, we're going to talk about discovering the glory, and uh, you have some notes on that. I want to share with you a bit about that today, discovering the glory. I hope to take the stained glass off that word glory because it can be a kind of a Christianese term, a religious term. I want to remove the stained glass from it so we get to see that it really means something really precious and special for every one of us. That word glory, it's used in the Bible a lot, and we'll get reference to it throughout the year. But our theme this year is to discover his glory, not just for uh, those maybe that have never discovered God, that they would discover him, but also that we would discover him in a deeper sense. If you looked up glory in the Webster's Dictionary or some other dictionary, you, you'd find words like beautiful, magnificent, honoring, and so forth. But Vine's Dictionary, it's a dictionary of words of the New Testament, he, he describes it this way, as God in self-manifestation, what he essentially is and does, how he reveals himself, particularly in the person of Jesus Christ. Let me simplify it for you. Glory is just God's manifested presence. When you feel God's presence or sense his presence or see his presence and you say, wow, that's God. If you were here last week and we had that DVD from Louis Giglio, we showed a good part of that, and it was called Indescribable. And you saw the constellations, you saw the stars, you saw the planets, you saw how, how magnificent God created the universe. And you said, wow, God, I see your glory in that. That's just his presence revealed in creation. That's glory. Today we're going to talk about this, this uh, discovering the glory and go deeper into that. 
Everybody's aware, at least I hope you're aware, if, you, if you're not aware of this, and we'll, we'll wake you up this morning, but we're aware that in about a month, the Olympics come to town, right? We're, we're all aware of that. Uh, if you're not, well... Uh, Hello, welcome to the new year. Uh, but uh, the Olympics are coming to town, and uh, we are getting ready for that. Everybody's thinking about it. Some of us are leaving town. Say, I'm out of here. Have fun with the Olympics. I'm gone. Rented my apartment. I'm out of here. But for the most part, we're thinking about it, how it's going to affect us, affect our drive into town, affect our business. It's going to affect every one of us. Like it or not, it's going to affect us. Now, our city... We've done a lot to get ready for it. I understand that there's about 30,000 volunteers that are going to be serving during the Olympics, and they're still asking for more. That's a lot of volunteer hours. Our government paid employees to work during the Olympics. Say, you don't have to work at your job, work at the Olympics, and we'll pay you during that time. That's a sacrifice. It's costing, I don't know how many billions of dollars to put on the Olympics. The security bill alone, they tell us, will reach perhaps $1 billion just to do the security. Think about it. That's a lot of money for security. We need it, of course, but a lot of money to be spent when you think of the fact we built three venues and that only cost $600 million. We'd spend more than that on security. And then there's money spent on the sea to, high sky, uh, sea to sky highway. That's a great improvement for us if you've traveled that road at all. And, of course, we've got a new transit link out to the airport, which is nice. Uh, and so there's some great improvements. But all of this was sacrifice and investment. And really, you know what it was? Our city... Vancouver and our province and our country, we consecrated ourselves for the Olympics. Because consecrate just means to set apart. We set apart money. We set apart volunteer time. We set apart resources, energy, talent. And we're doing it for what? For the glory of the Olympics. Now, as we go into this year, I sense God saying to us this. If you will consecrate yourself, and, we, and I mean, we like the Olympics. We're for the Olympics. We're, we have a hospitality center here. Some of you are serving in different capacities during the Olympics, and we're cheering on to do that, and we're going to be serving it here and doing different things in our building, showing the opening ceremonies and, and being the best we can in our community to be a good neighbor. We're for that. God's saying, though, if as a church, as a people, if you will consecrate yourself, if you'll put your energy, your resources, your finances, your time, you will discover my glory in a greater way. And I think it's a year where we'll discover his glory. We could say very easily, well, you know what, I, I've been to Alpha. I think I've discovered his glory there. Or I, have, I lead this group, or I've done that, or I've been to seminary, or I've been a Christian for a long time, and I think I've already discovered it. Now, I've got news for you this morning. You've just arrived. You've just touched the tip of the iceberg. I don't care how much education you have. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how much you know. We're just beginning to discover the greatness of our God. If you think you've arrived, I've got news for you. You haven't yet left, barely left the station. If you say, well, you know, I've seen the stars, I've seen the moon, and I've seen even Saturn. So I think I've discovered the universe. You say, oh, no, 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 you haven't yet discovered. There's so much yet to explore. God's saying to us for 2010, there is so much more of me that I would like for you to discover, and I'm giving you an invitation. Really, I think God's saying, I'm daring you to go deeper in me. I'm daring you to discover the greatness of who I am. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, 
had some amazing experiences in God's glory. He was on the road to Damascus, got knocked off his horse, and God revealed himself to him there. What an experience he had with God. Spent a number of years in Arabia, came back and spoke to all these other churches in Greece and Turkey and that part of the world. And he did an amazing work, saw the dead raised, saw people healed was persecuted for his faith. I mean, you think, if anybody really knew God and the glory of God and, and this relationship with Christ, it would be Paul. He was caught up, he said, into, into the heavens and he experienced the dimension of God that few of us would. But yet Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, says to the Philippian church, he says, oh, that I would know him and know the power of his resurrection. So here's Paul, this great apostle, this great man of God who's seen so much of God, far more than we would have perhaps seen. He's saying, oh, I want to know him. I want to discover him. I want to know more about him. I think God's saying something to us this year, not just to us, but to the body of Christ, but really to us in Vancouver. We're in the epicenter of this city. We're in the core of what God's, what's going to happen in our city. And God's saying to us, if you will consecrate yourself, if you'll just set yourself apart, as much as you can see the glory that comes when somebody puts a puck in a net or somebody skis down the hill faster than somebody else and gets a medal for it and we cheer that on, watch what will happen as you can discover my glory when you consecrate yourself unto me. Set yourself apart from me. So it's going to be an exciting year. There's nothing greater than being in the presence of God. Nothing compares to going deeper and knowing God in a greater way. As a church, we just want to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is knowing Jesus. That's the main thing. It doesn't matter where you are. You could be in Vancouver, you could be in Tuktoyaktuk, or you could be in Timbuktu, or you could be in uh, some other part of the world. It really doesn't matter where you are. But if you know him, and know the power of his resurrection. If you have this intimate relationship and a, a consuming hunger to discover God more, guess what? You are on the way to see more of his glory. Paul said, he said that you would go from glory to glory, that we'd experience a greater dimension of God. Oh, I hope we're hungry for God this year. I hope we have a greater hunger for him than we ever had before. And so this year, the theme that he's given us is to discover his glory for our neighbors that don't know him. Maybe we work with them. They live in the same building. We, 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 we play hockey with them or we golf with them, that they would discover. Their eyes would be open and say, wow, I get it. This isn't a religion. This is a relationship. I can sense the presence of God. So let me give you a little bit of background some foundation, scriptural foundation for glory. And again, I'm trying to take the Christianese off this word and the stained glass off of it and, and let you know that it's tangible, it's real. You want to desire it. You want to be in it. Number one, God has always wanted to show his glory. He wants us to discover his manifested presence. John 1.14, the word, which is Jesus, became flesh. We dwelt, he dwelt among us. Now look at this, and we beheld his glory. It's possible for us to behold it. The glory as of the only begotten from the Father. What is glory? Glory is full of grace. Glory is full of truth. And when you see glory as that, it's very exciting. Grace is wonderful. We talked about that throughout the month of November. Truth is wonderful. It sets us free. Secondly, creation reflects God's glory. 
course, last week when we showed that DVD by Louis Giglio on the indescribable greatness of our universe, it was hard to miss. Psalms declare, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Very true. If you study space, they tell us that over 90% of all astronomers are believers in God because they just see the glory, the splendor of creation. There's very few agnostics or atheists that are astronomers because they study the glory that speaks that there is a creator, there is a God. People are drawn to God's glory. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 18 tells us, For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall be that I will gather all nations and all tongues. This is for everybody, and they shall come and see my glory. The world's going to come see the Olympics. They're really intrigued by it. They want to come, and they want to see it. But God's saying, the people are going to come to see my glory. There's an attraction when we're in the presence of God. It's so rich. There's a song we used to sing, I love your presence most of all. You know, we can't compete. We're not Hollywood. We, we don't have big budgets. We don't have millions and gazillions and, of dollars to put on a good show. But we have something that the world does not have. We have the richness of his presence. There have been small groups, life groups we've been in, and we've just said, oh, this is so rich. It's so good. It beats any movie. It beats any hockey game. It beats anything else you can compare to. There's just something about being in that presence. A number of years ago, we were in the Philippines, and we took a missions team there, and we came to this orphanage, and they're all blind and deaf uh, people there. Very poor, extreme poverty. And our hearts went out to them, and we did our part. We did a little service for them and shared with them, encouraged them. And then they asked us, would you like us to sing a song for you? And we were being polite. We said, sure, we'd love for you to sing a song. The man came out. He was blind, an older gentleman, and he played the guitar, and he played it sitting down on his lap. He just strummed it like this. It was very simple. I thought, well, you know, this is nice. And they said, we have this little girl. She's going to sing for you. She came out. She was so skinny. Her dress was ragged, and she was maybe 50 pounds, so thin. And she said, she's going to sing for you. She was blind and deaf, and she began to sing. Folks, you would trade your front row seats to a U2 concert. You would trade your front row seats to the opening ceremony of the Olympics to be in that room that day. When she sang, the glory of God came into that room. Every one of us were weeping and crying. It was so simple. I can't describe it, but it was so tangible. You just said, God. I'm in your presence. I wouldn't trade this for nothing. Everything else is cotton candy compared to what I'm feeling right now. That's the glory of God. Well, you just say, it's rich. It's real. I sense it. And he, it is so attractive. The world is attracted to something real. Not hyped up. We don't need to hype it up for it to happen. Matter of fact, I think Vancouverites are pretty astute to that. If you hype it up, we back away. He says, when you get authentic, when you get real, I'll come back. But in the meantime, get real. If we're real and we're authentic and we're just honestly, because the Bible says those who worship should worship in spirit and in truth. We're just truthfully, honestly, not faking it, not putting on a show. We're just hungry for God. There's something so attractive when God shows up in the midst of that. Would you agree? Yeah. So people are attracted to it. Now, God's glory can be seen on us. 
and very important point to note, because sometimes we go looking for it here or there. It's, it's not so mystical. It's just his presence that shines out of us, out of your eyes. We had a friend of ours and when we were living in Regina, and uh, she had been to every psychiatrist. She, had, she was so tormented. But there came a day where she just surrendered. She says, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I don't understand it, and I'm going to give my life to him. And uh, she, she gave her life to Christ. And then she came one day for prayer, and she says, I need you to pray for me. And we prayed for her that day. And she had been tormented all her life with these nightmares and very dark thoughts. And as we prayed for her, we realized that she had been harassed by demonic forces. But we have a name above every name. We have the name of Jesus. And that day when we prayed for her, we simply said, every foul demonic force, you must go from her in Jesus' name. And God's presence came in that place. And she, she, I remember her standing there. And as we said that, that she, she wasn't a church-going lady, but she had found Christ. And as we said that day, I remember her shaking there for about maybe three minutes. She just shook. And then she said, it's gone. She came back about a week later. And I remember that morning, as you would, if you lived in Saskatchewan, you'd recognize it. It's like 35 below, not a cloud in the sky. And you can hear a train from 100 miles away. That air is just so crystal clear. And everything's just so still and cold and calm. And there had been fresh snow on the ground. And she came that day. And I remember her saying to us, she says, I got it figured out. I says, what do you have figured out? She says, I figured out the difference between those that know Jesus and those who don't. I said, well, what is it? She said, simple, they have bright eyes. She says, I can see God reflected in their eyes. It's true. We are a reflection of God's glory. The Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. How are they going to discover it? They're going to discover it in our lives. This year, I pray that we are a greater reflection of God's glory as we consecrate ourselves to him. Amen. Now, what else? Well, uh, God's glory should be talked about. First Chronicles 16, 24, it says, Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among all peoples. God alone deserves the glory. Amen to that. Psalm 145, 11, They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. It's a good thing to talk about. God, look what you've done. God showed up. That's glory. God just showed up. I was sick, and God showed up. My marriage was a mess, and God showed up. I lost my job, but God showed up. We just talk. That's glory. It's, we're just kind of, again, taking the stained glass off of it. It's his presence showing up, making the difference, and we're discovering it in a greater way this year. Consecration opens our eyes to see his glory as we what? Well, as we seek, as we discover, as we look for his glory. Yeah. Romans 8.30 says, And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. He calls us to come to him. He, he invites us to, to know him more. You know God. But, and I know God. But we don't know everything about God. He said, I'd like to tell you more about me. Isn't it great you meet somebody and they're, they're kind of cool and you get to meet them and then you meet them again, you learn more things about them. Oh man, that's amazing. I didn't know that about you. And you, you go along and then they tell you something more about their lives. You go, cool, when did you do that? And you find out more about them. That's what God would like to do. He'd like you to say, cool, I didn't know that about you, God. That's amazing. He wants you to discover how great he is. 
So we have to seek him. And Jesus said to, the, to Mary, believe, and you'll see the glory of God. After or just before Lazarus was raised, he said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? It's possible to see this. If we worship him, it invites the glory of God. I love Psalm 24, 7 and 8. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Folks, one of the most honoring things to do. Now, I'm, I'm just going to give you a little family talk, okay? So bear with me. I don't want to step on anybody's toes this morning, but bear with me. One of the most honoring things you could do for our God is to be here at 5 to 11 before the first note starts and say, God, I have come to magnify your name. I'm not going to slip in during the third song and find a seat somewhere and get what I can get and head out. I'm here to serve and to worship and to magnify you, and I'm inviting your presence. We should have every seat filled before the service starts, not halfway through. You can say amen or oh me, or one of the two, but we got we to gotta go there. All right. Fasting does it. Now, next week, we're going to start our fast for the month of January, 21-day fast. I'll give you instructions next week about that. We'll have a handout for you. If you're part of our church, you're used to this. We do, we've done a number of fasts throughout the years, and we'll be fasting for a number of things. We'll, we'll list them out for you next, next week, and you'll get that handout, and everybody can participate. We make it possible for everybody to participate, and it's a great time of being unified in prayer, and I'll give you more instructions about that next week, but we're encouraging us to fast. There's something about consecrating ourselves. Our city, again, consecrated our city for the Olympics, and what a time we're going to have. It's going to be one of the greatest months. We will never, probably in our lifetime, have the Olympics in our city again, and we, it will be a glorious time, no doubt about it. Likewise, if we will consecrate ourselves this year for the Lord, we will have a glorious year in our Lord if we just consecrate, set ourselves apart for it. Some of us just need to flat off drop some stuff out of our lives. We hung on for it to too long. We've nursed it. We've kept it around for too long. And we need to let go of it and consecrate ourselves. Let go of some stuff in our lives that we no longer need. And really raise the bar and live a life just committed unto him. Yeah. And just say, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell out for Jesus this year. I'm going to sell out. Yeah. I really like to go down that, that track Dan, but I'm, I'm, I'm staying on, 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 the, on the rest of this message because Dan works with us on Abundant Life and, and, uh, and we, there, there's just some things I'd like to talk about here, but we'll get to them. Just let it be said that there's just some stuff we need to leave behind us that we've held on for too long. It's the old life. There's a new life we found in Christ. It's better. How many know the new wine is better than the old wine? Yeah, we, we don't need that stuff anymore to, to get happy, to be happy. I've got something much better. I found my joy in Christ. All right. Uh, at a banquet, we showed some pictures, some scenes, and had some scriptures of the year to come. I want to pause here, show you this video again. Take a look at our city. Take a look at and hear the verses that are being read. Because as we go into this year, 
Church isn't meant to be just in these four walls. Church is meant to be out there, meant to be with the people. The church isn't the building. We know that. The church is us as people. So take a look at this video. Let it refresh you. And let's see again what our Lord sees as he looks at the city of Vancouver. Arise, shine, your light has come and the glory of the Lord has dawned. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They are already white for harvest. The Lord is good to everyone. He shows compassion on all his creation. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There are three things that will endure. Faith, hope and love and the greatest of these is love behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity it is like the dew of hermon descending upon the mountains of zion for there the lord commanded the blessing life forevermore love is patient and kind love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude love does not demand its own way love is not irritable and it keeps no record of when it has been wrong it is never glad about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out love never gives up never loses faith is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Some great scriptures, great shots of our city. He, he loves our city. We love our city. We want to have a vision to reach our city this year. Let me give you a couple points for our vision this year. In this year, 2010, we want to mobilize our talents and strengths. 
We have amazing talents in our church. We've got amazing strengths in our church. And it's not just meant to be within the four walls. It's meant to influence outside these four walls. Some of the things that we'll do in order to make that happen is we'll continue showcasing. Last year we showcased with the Junos, and we'll showcase other talents this year. One of the things that we're going to do this year, we're planning on doing, we're dreaming of doing, let me put it that way, we're dreaming of showcasing short films. We have a lot of people in our church that are in the film industry, some are going to school for it, and we're going to put together a day, we'll showcase short films, we'll have a criteria for it, and we'll have one day, we'll just show a number of short films that local people have made. And the other things we'll do, we'll showcase musicians and talent, and maybe even artists that we have in our church, and and have an opportunity to mobilize a platform for these these, uh, uh, talents to be used here in our church and outside the church beyond we're praying for another church campus site to mobilize talent there to have another place for people to serve and to minister at we're also uh, mobilizing people with alpha and training alpha international of london have asked us also to go to haiti this year right now we have people in in ukraine and there's other places that like us to go they'd like us to go back to tanzania again they'd like us to go and help train other pastors after all these years of doing alpha they're now asking us to mobilize and go other places we have other mission trips that are coming up again in the new year one thing that we're praying about doing is mobilizing we said on the banquet night a lot of you cheers let's make our own movie and we we prayed about doing that and since then another opportunity has come is to make a series like a tv series and we've had people contact us if you make a series we have a place for you to air that we'd love it to be aired so who knows we're dreaming about doing great things about mobilizing the talents that we have here we're also looking at equipping saints to serve your acronym is very simple meet mobilizing and equipping every one of us have a dream there's not one person in this room this morning that does not have something great on the inside of them i promise you it doesn't matter who you are there is something great on the inside of you you may have been hurt you may have been you may have suffered this past year there are things that have gone wrong and it seems as you can't get started again I've got good news for you God is thinking about you he's dreaming about you he, it says in Jeremiah his thoughts are good about you and then right after that he says seek me and you shall find me and what inspires us to discover him to seek him is the fact that he's thinking about our future it's good he's got he has great things in store store for you no matter what happened in the past there's an amazing future ahead of us and one of the things as a church is we want to provide opportunities for you to be equipped to do what God's called you to do now we can only do really the spiritual side of that abundant life on Wednesday night is one way to do that but if we can help get the spirit strong that part of the inside of you that's strong and resonating that is the key. That's the engine that will drive the greatness that you want to accomplish in your life. We want to engage our city with the glory of Christ. Of course, we'll be hosting the Olympics when they're here, and we'll tell more about that. If you want to be part of that, sign up. Put your name on the response card. Say, I'd like to be part of it. All kinds of great things will be taking place during that time. I don't have time to go into it this morning. We're looking at doing new initiatives, and uh, like putting a float in the Santa Claus Parade. We saw them go by this year, and people came up and said, why don't we have a float in there? I said, yeah, why don't we? Let's put a float in there. And so this year we're dreaming about putting a float in there. We have an ESL class that is starting. Then we're also going to be together in unity as a church and as churches in the heart of our city. I wish I had more time to go into this, but one thing that we will do, we're praying about doing, working on right now, is to have a church service 
at one of the bigger venues where we all come together. Of course, we, we did that at the Western Bay Shore, but I'm talking about every child, every teen, everybody, all of us together at a place like Queen Elizabeth or some other theater, and we meet together, a couple thousand strong, and there we will worship and praise God together. And, and put our, we'll put an amazing service together. So we're looking to do that and just be unified this year. Church is family. Church is a family. Families are committed. You don't just attend your family. I'm going to attend my family this month. No, no. You don't attend family. Families are committed together. We're family. We don't just attend church. We're family. We're committed to God doing something greater. And then we're also committed to seeing unity in the body of Christ. December 7th, this past year, there was an historical meeting in our city. In my 15 years of being here in this part of the city, I've never seen anything like it. We got together at the William Tell uh, Hotel there, at that restaurant, and the leaders of the Catholic Church were there. The leaders of the Salvation Army called the meeting with the Catholics. The leaders of the Presbyterian Church was there. The leader of the Anglican Church was there. The leader of the Lions Church was there. The leader of the Mennonite Church was there. Foursquare, Seventh-day Adventists, a number of different Baptist streams were there. I was privileged to be there. And we sat around a table. And all together, we looked around. And our numbers represented over one million people in British Columbia. What would happen if we would all get on the same page? One of the greatest beefs the world has is your church is so divided. If you get your act together, it would help us a lot. Now, we don't agree on everything, but we agree on the majors. And so this year, there are going to be new initiatives. Even in the heart of our city, right now, we're planning, looking to do a joint service where we get some lead churches together and let's celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ together and lift up our voice. I think the world is waiting for that. Yeah, to God be praised. So that's historical. I've never seen that here, but there's a new day coming. And I think there in unity, God says, I will command my blessing, my glory. It will be commanded upon that as locally and then also as churches get together. More than gold during the Olympics, alpha. Denominational walls have crumbled. For the most part, that day's gone. The little things that used to divide us, it's going away. And there's a new day coming where churches are coming together like never before. Leaders are working together. Pastors are working together. And we're saying, let's just put aside our differences and let's discover the glory as we worship our God. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And that's what we're going to do as we close. We're going to worship our Lord. Would you stand with me? And let's get ready to give God the highest praise. As we go into 2010, preparing our hearts to discover the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ.